0: Good day. Good day, and welcome to another Forge Side Chat, a podcast about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and everything in between, with a heavy focus on talent in the Great White North.
1: We're talking about Canada, eh? and this week in the Forge, we have Todd Bolz of Todd Bolz Knives. He is a guy that received his first knife uh, after taking his mom's pocket knife into the bush. And since then, he always had a knife in his pocket. He eventually built his own coal forge, moved on to building other types of propane forges such as ribbon burners. Now, obviously, he's gone down the road of making his own knives, so we're going to dig into Todd's past and figure out why did mom give him a knife and why wasn't he allowed a kitchen knife in the woods and all sorts of stuff but we also have someone else in the in the forge today we've got Steve Cornelson, and uh he's gonna be sitting in today as a a third host so it's gonna be myself Justin Lamru, Lando Novak, and Steve Cornelson mm-hmm. so let's uh, let's jump into our weeks and then we'll get uh, we'll get Todd in the hot seat what uh, what are you up to Lyndon
0: oh you're gonna go to me eh? well you know I've been kind of busy actually I'm trying to get things going in the shop here things are busy at work things are busy at home i'm just trying to collect myself to be honest because i just things are so all over the place i'm uh, having a hard time uh, actually finding uh, sanity at this point in time right now and and clarity in, in life in general i'm just like ah right. and, you know top it off i've been uh, actually having some health issues as well that uh kind of a little bit bothersome and a little bit uh, worrisome, to say the least. And, uh, you know, I kind of told myself maybe I should lay off the beer and see how that goes for me here. I've been talking to some mm-hmm. people about it, and, uh, you know, I think it's probably a good idea. Uh, But, you know, it's silly me. I went out bowling last night with my buddy. We took the kids out bowling, and uh, my buddy turns, I turn around, and there's my buddy handing me a beer, and I didn't even think twice about it. I just started drinking the thing. I was like,
2: oh, shoot, I
0: was going to stop drinking beer. I guess I'll start this tomorrow. So easy
1: no. to get back into right?
0: Eh? And then I was like, oh, wait, the podcast is tomorrow. I'll stop drinking after the podcast. <laughs> so, whoops, I love you. I got a fucking blonde.
1: Hang on. Oh, I've got a, what is it? The Pirate Queen, 9%. Ooh. From Stone Angel Brewing. I uh, lovely, yeah, yeah. I was out there on Saturday night. The Manitoba Blacksmith Guild had a blacksmithing and brews kind of evening. We had uh, about fifteen people show up, which was which was fun. And we we're at the Stone Angel Brewing, which is up on Pemina here. And uh, we actually had the brewer from uh full geek brew lab show up as well he was uh, friends of a friend there and huh. he gave us the the tour of the back and uh it's just cool evening nice to just chat with people about blacksmithing steal the summer projects that they have lined up and uh, it was just easy night just just chatting um i'm president of the manitoba blacksmith guild i didn't do the handshaking and the hi my name's justin i was i don't know i don't know if i should have or not but i uh i didn't i just enjoyed the evening instead lyndon what should i have done should i have gone
0: and shaken hands with everyone and Did you stand up on top of the table and take your pants off and say, I'm president, everybody. This is what you recommend? It's pretty much what I did at the first hammering we ever held. (laughs) Your pants are on. Your pants are on. Oh, that was
2: different, though.
1: That was a full, legit hammering. This was just, like, French fries and beers and just chit-chatting.
0: I think I came to that hammering with, like, two hours of sleep from the day before because I was so, like... I have mega social anxiety man, and like being in the spot like that is not my scene dude i'm I'm so glad that you've you taken you on Start the a role. podcast <laughs> hey no one gets no one sees me here dude it's all audio It's all audio it's all there's audio. a reason yeah. I'm not on youtube man it's just not not my scene dude i i i don't know man i my, my face i've been told my face is meant for camera, but I don't think so. You, dude, you are the, you are the right person to be in that role, man. You got the, you got the, the guts, the glory, man. It's all you dude. For the YouTube? No, for the being the president, man. Oh, I'm I'm so so happy to see you taking on that role, dude. It's awesome. I'm enjoying it. It, It's been more
1: than I expected because I, I think because everything was kind of shut down over the last few years that it just like, everything needed to be kind of redone yeah so yeah 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 but insurance is uh kicking in we've got a couple events planned out so it's uh it's taking shape it's taking shape it's good that's cool man
0: yeah hey yeah. So we got steve on the cast with us today for the first time well it's actually not steve's first time he joined us for right. the christmas special and we've got him back here steve's actually looking at joining the forge side uh Forgeside chat on possibly a uh, fairly regular basis going forward here in the future because uh we want to kind of mix things up a little bit from the looks of things here it's uh steve's uh, been a good pal me and him chat on a regular basis so uh welcome steve man how's your week going mm, thank you it's uh there we are Oh
3: yeah, it's been, he knows what's up. <laughs> it's been it's been going well. Uh, had uh, had quite a week last week. Uh, <clears throat> I just got back to Ontario a few days ago. Was in Nova Scotia before oh uh, with Rick, um, Rick Marchand, and uh, whew, you know, adjusting back to my, I want to say, regular lifestyle is. Yeah. Well, it was so nice out there. So <laughs> it's, uh, I've got some things to do in my shop, uh, some more, uh, I guess, mini renovations to complete before I can, uh, dive in head first.
1: What does that Go. mean, dive in head first?
3: Oh, just dive in without looking. Um, just get in there
0: <laughs> to do what, though. No. Well, you're oh. in the middle of oh, kind of revamping your shop space because the way you were set up before was pretty much all outdoors, somewhat, wasn't it? Or uh, and now well, you've got the C can and you're getting that all set up.
3: Yeah, so originally, um, I had the C can, uh, but uh, those that's where all the uh, classic cars were kept. Um, so we emptied the, that the out. The Ferraris, and uh, no, it's Sorry. more like a nineteen sixty Corvette and a sixty three uh, 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 Ford Galaxy. Uh, so sweet fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but now the the C can <laughs> is storage, uh, prep, grinder, stuff like that, and uh, we have a fifteen foot awning built off the side of it, and that's basically my hot shop um put walls around it now in winter the wind doesn't bug me Mm. Mm -hmm. and i recently got the inside of my sea can at least half of it uh has been spray foamed. so now when i'm standing in front of the grinder on a minus 20 minus 25 day i know that's a uh, that's a nice nice uh Normal day for you, Lando, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not too fond of them. <laughs> Standing in front of the grinder, freezing, freezing my ass. That's, That's I don't sad. like them either. Yeah. It might be normal here, but I, I don't like it. I've seen the pictures.
0: <laughs> uh, I get out there. eh?
3: Yeah, yeah. There you go. Huh.
0: Yeah, so you're busy, busy in the shop getting it going. I don't know what it is about you Ontario boys working outdoors. You're not the only one. I know Brad Millman's working outdoors lots there in his kind of lean to shop that he's got set up.
3: Oh,
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you guys are close to each other.
3: Oh yeah, we're we're Pardon we're me? Close.
0: Yeah, you're close to to uh to Brad as well there, Todd, hey? Yeah, eight, a couple hours within the, leave, the same but yeah, age well, <laughs> Speaking about being close to each other, but you, we, Todd and Steve, you guys literally live down the freaking road from each other. Yeah, like yeah. what is it? You said three three miles from each other or something? You figure?
3: Oh yeah, probably fifteen twenty minutes. It's like I could probably get to your place. Yeah, something like that.
0: It's pretty sweet. The way I drive gonna have sometimes, to start hanging like ten. Hey, nice
3: <laughs> You're a well, and, uh, calling down the road that's me
0: dragging the bumper behind it oh yeah the poor mobile nice well I mean speaking about Todd we've got Todd on the show today Todd Bowles from Todd Bulls Knives welcome to the show Todd nice to have you on thanks good to be here how's
4: your day going oh not too bad did a you know ran through the day job and spent some time with the kids Got them off doing some stuff now, and uh, got some undivided attention here. So I'm looking forward to this. You guys uh, put on a pretty good show, and don't know what I can add, but hopefully it's worth listening to.
1: Pretty good. I I heard it was the number one blacksmithing comedy podcast (laughs) in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Who told you that? Jeez. What a hoser. (laughs) Number fourth position in the rankings for hobbies in Canada—that well, was yeah. our peak position. I, I'm waiting for it to like. I want to see it hit the top
0: three. It'd be pretty awesome. I mate. need to know I've, when it happens. I've I've seen us regularly in about the twentieth spot is where we normally. Sit on a regular Mm -hmm. basis, which is still pretty freaking stellar if you think about it. Out of all the podcasts that are out there, and there's a lot of them out there right now. Well, heck yeah, we're doing all right, we're doing all right. Cool, definitely. Uh, got a lot of people in the same field as us when it comes to the blacksmithing. Actually, it's it's pretty crazy. I did not realize exactly how many blacksmithing or knife making podcasts are out there. Holy crap, man, it's ridiculous, dude. The difference is what we do is we bring you every week a Canadian, different Canadian guest that is here to sit down and spill the beans on what they know, bring you into their shop knowledge and share with you their tips and tricks. You're not getting that from almost any other podcast. Most of the other podcasts, you're sitting down with two or three guys, listening to them BS about whatever it is that they do. Yeah, you'll pick up tips and tricks from them, but you're talking about three people here that are sharing their ideas. On our show, we're at what? What episode are we on now? Episode forty. Thirty nine. Th- this is thirty nine. Yeah. thirty nine. Next, next episode, I'm gonna have a forty-ouncer sitting by me hmm. here.
1: Oh dear lord,
0: <laughs> jeez, that'll be a special one for you, right? You betcha. So, forty episodes in—that's forty different people, and we're—it's not actually just forty different people because we had the. Hosehead uh, episode there for Christmas, yeah. That was twelve different people. The twelve hoses at Christmas. So it was. We have really nailed down a lot of people in Canada already, and it hasn't. We're on season two right now. We're not even into season fully into season two yet. This is amazing, you guys. Like this is a really awesome thing that we're trying to nail down here with canadian not, not only are we recording canadian history and canadian talent but we're pushing that stuff on the whole world to you guys like you've got to be proud of what we got going on here really do and i'm super stoked to be bringing on you know steve coming in to chat with us on a regular basis in the future and having guys on like todd bolst that's what what have you been doing this for now? About eight years, you said? You jumped into doing full-time knife making? No,
4: uh, full time's only been about two years. But, or, uh, or playing with a knife making game, not yeah, full-time, but yeah, playing with it, right? Yeah, picking it around probably about eight years ago, give or take. Mind you, I think I've been saying eight years for a few years now, so I don't know. I've kind of lost track.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes.
1: And or what got you into it? What uh, Sent you down that rabbit hole?
4: Well, like I was mentioning that was before, my question. Uh, Okay. You know, oh, take I've it. always had right. a fondness for knives and, you know, whether it be grabbing the kitchen knives and going out and hacking stuff up and sometimes myself by accident. But, uh, you know, what's life without a few stitches? Um, you know, I was the only kid in public school that would always have at least a Swiss Army knife or something on them. And, you know, it's kind of funny. The times have changed enough that back then if a teacher needed something, they'd do to come and ask me and here's a knife. Here you go. They'd use it. They'd give it back and have a good day. Uh, now, you know, they call it the SWAT team on you. But, uh, so yeah, I've always yeah. always had a thing for them, collected them, you know, cheap ones, expensive ones, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I was always interested in making them, but when I did take a look originally into, you know, what's it cost to buy a forge, to buy an anvil, to buy all this stuff to get going, and, you know, can be thousands of dollars. So, I just sort of stopped looking at it for a while, then... You know, got the bug a bit more and started kicking around a few things. I found out that uh, uh, Ontario Ferry Supply is literally down the road for me. I never knew it was there, and they sold coke ready to go. So went in there, built my first. Oh, nice. Uh, picked up a 50-pound bag, built uh, my first one out of some kitty litter, some plywood, and a hair dryer. Just did some messing around, got that working, and wanted to get beyond that and. Started looking at some plans on how to make burners and going from there. So now I'm running a, you know, a 10-inch by 3-inch ribbon burner and a 22-inch long forge that, you know, is nice and efficient and you can get lots of forge welding done. Did you make you make that ribbon burner yeah. yourself? Yeah, I'm working on a, a smaller one right now. See if anybody might be interested in or if I put together yeah. a second forge, a smaller one. Took a lot of fiddling around to do and cool
0: how big is the
4: forge body like in, in- uh, interior it's about 18 inches deep and probably about five and a half round so I can fit a couple of billets in there at a time and it's a decent yeah. size 18 mm. inches deep is you know. yeah well it's nice to have options it's a little bit
0: deeper than she likes it but um, okay. Okay.
4: Sometimes yeah. it's still not enough room. I guess so. That's what she yeah. said too.
0: Ooh.
4: i was just going to knock a <laughs> hole in the back to get extra space.
0: Well, I can imagine that, man. I'm in the middle of <laughs> go through the back door sometimes, okay. maybe it helps out, eh? <laughs> what are we talking about here, eh? Jeez Louise. <laughs> Well, I'm in the middle of uh, building my new forge as well, and I actually just built a ribbon burner. I've mm-hmm. actually just built two ribbon burners. The first <laughs> ribbon build, burner I built was the exact same size as a fire brick, and it was way too big for my current forge that I have. So I put it off to the side because it should work good for the bigger forge, hopefully. So I built another forge uh, burner, sorry, ribbon burner, mm-hmm. and uh, this one much smaller. It's only two inches in diameter, I use two-inch round bar. I drilled nine five 5-16ths holes in it, so nine holes at five sixteenths, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just got a. I got a tiny little blower on it. It's a one uh, one hundred and twenty-five horsepower, so one one twenty-fifth horsepower, tiny little blower motor. It does the trick. Honestly, I have to have it uh, gated off pretty good in order to just run the forge once the forge is nice and up and up to heat i can open it up a lot more Mm -hmm. but i'm uh i'm finding that that little blower is just the perfect size for that little two inch Mm -hmm. burner which i'm pretty happy with man i was surprised
1: yeah i've been enjoying watching uh brian house he's been kind of designing a forge and going through iterations on the doors um going from a, a, a slip door, a, a slide door, dual slide doors. Um, changes to the ribbon burner, this, the the
4: the fan yeah. as well. Well, the it's the
1: awesome. best part
4: of that like, build scenes, was pretty cool. Like the best yeah. part of that build was the three D printing of the adapter to mount on the six inch blower. Since the small one he had on wasn't enough, it almost makes me want to get a three D printer now. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, originally when he was testing it, he was using mm-hmm. the uh I, I kind of liked his cardboard version oh, yeah, better. That, <laughs> that works for me. That's usually what I do. You can always find some, and there's always yeah. <laughs> duct tape and grill tape lying around, so you can throw something together. Yeah. But yeah, no, I used a uh, actually locked out, as far as a blower goes, a guy actually in Palgrave, not too far from me, was selling two, uh Bouncy Castle fans. So they're used to running for a long time. They live outside; doesn't bother them. And again, I gotta the I gotta out. gate yeah. them off quite a bit, and you know, a little bit of adjustment on the gate valve goes a long way. It's moving a lot of air, but I got two of them for fifteen yeah. bucks, so I can't really complain.
0: Those are loud fans, no. though. You don't? No, not at all. No, yeah. really? eh? I don't, like okay. So going to a red burn burner, I was very impressed. And the level of noise that I that was, can yeah the noise mm-hmm. reduction sorry I could not yeah. think of the word for some reason but yeah, the noise reduction is absolutely amazing like on uh, I was I was showing my brother he stopped by here and I was like yeah check out how my forge is running now he's like what that's running it sounds like it, like your space heater is louder mm-hmm. than that dude <laughs> yeah I know it's pretty awesome yep. hey oh, whereas wow. before it sounded like a freaking jet yeah, engine for those running yeah they do it it's just exactly that's, it's like you're running a jet I was running forest like air before so. Definitely. That, oh, those those Did, ribbon ribbon burners is essentially like a barbecue burner really it's the same idea you get multiple yeah. jets of uh, heat out of one burner or whatever it's just that on a you know on a barbecue you're getting Tiny, tiny little flames out of it. You're not getting forced air involved in that as well. They run off of a venturi mm-hmm. system, so it's kind of the, a barbecue kind <clears> of is like a, a venturi ribbon burner, which is something that's actually out there as well. I've seen in the uh, in the industry, you can get a venturi oh, no ribbon burner. Yeah, yeah.
4: So I've seen that uh, somebody was doing them. They're just a little less efficient.
0: Mm. Yeah. Are you running a ribbon burner too, Steve?
4: Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Oh no nice. way. And you said it was noisy though.
3: Oh well, I have a. Big ass bouncy castle fan, just hauling air in there,
0: <laughs> roaring away. Oh yeah, Steve. Did I? I may have slightly missed something. Did you say you have your bouncy castle fans outside of your
4: shop? Yeah, Todd? my entire forge is set up outside, fully open air. So, got it. Uh, basically, I've got the the oh. you know a rolling tool cart oh. kind of set up with the. So you're another crazy. what What? <sighs> we're not soft out here. We've got all the people in Toronto that we have to compensate for.
1: <laughs> Sorry to the people. You throw. know, <laughs> you do that in Manitoba and you
0: die. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that uh, felt a bunch really, of really can take off. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys consider yourselves Northern Ontario where you are at? Because I know, like, (laughs) no, Southern Ontario or Northern Ontario kind of starts like half an hour above Toronto somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're like
4: three hours north. Anything north of the French River is Northern Ontario.
0: Well, it's still like Toronto's like right at the bottom of Ontario. See, I've never understood that about Ontario. You guys call it Northern Ontario, and you're at the like same level as winnipeg at that point whereas <laughs> winnipeg is like almost as like southern as you can get in manitoba you go northern manitoba and yeah you can't even holler at the guys in ontario from there maybe spit or throw a can of beer eh? and maybe hit your buddy but i doubt it eh? well todd or steve did you
1: guys have any issues building your ribbon burners that you had to
4: resolve uh my biggest issue was uh i didn't have a big enough gas inlet uh to be able to feed it, since it is a fairly large burner. I just, uh, probably about a month ago, did some reworking to it and uh, ended up putting in a quarter-inch direct uh, feed, whereas I had it, it was about an eighth before that with a, a cap and maybe a 16th jet drilled into it. It was just having to work too hard to keep up. Once I switched it over, it just night and day difference. So that was the, the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, sorry, the first big issue was when I first built it not right. having a good enough control on the adjustments, and I actually melted the uh, three thousand degree refractory that I've got for the floor in it. So that was rather interesting. Oh we got that under control now. Holy shit! It got a little wow. toasty.
0: <laughs> You're just running your full full blast. Oh yeah.
4: eh? it was chilly. What do you want? You want to be able to stand around it in the snow with a t-shirt? That's Hot. a little bit of a,
0: well, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a Jeff Fader reference there for you. <laughs> full blast. So, Steve, uh, did you have any issues at your Forge, the
3: ribbon burner? Yeah, actually, when I when I cast the um, the actual burner, uh, I was using a material called Unicast seventy, mm-hmm. and um, I decided to use the crayon method. Oh, yeah. and uh, well like a dummy I, I wasn't paying attention and mm. uh, when I was packing everything and making sure it was all nice and compact I must have must have uh, displaced one of the crayons did you read it so when I was uh, doing the test run I noticed oh some of these holes aren't uh, aren't uh, nothing's coming out of them so I had to get some masonry bits uh, carbide uh, bits and Oh, drill shoot. through and oh man i went through so many this is tough stuff so dang i i fixed it That's... but at great cost
0: what size of holes did you use on yours steve
3: um the size of a crayon
0: okay so yeah, it depends quarter. on the crayon oh, you oh, could be okay. talking um i'd say crayola man it's got to be uh, if I had to. Well, you guess. drilled them out with a masonry bit. What size yeah, of masonry think, bit did you get? Oh,
3: well, this this was years ago, but I think five sixteenths, maybe. Yeah, that, that sounds like a Somewhere between that and 3 8 like, I Let me yeah. get back to you on that.
0: See, I was having this discussion with Steve Dupra. Steve Dupra gave me a ton of help with my ribbon burner forge, and he was telling me that he thinks a 3 eighths hole is more advantageous wow. versus a 5 sixteenths hole. Uh, mm-hmm. He played around with his a bunch, and he found that 3.8 works best for him. Mm-hmm. I'm finding 5.16s is working fine. Todd, what size of hole do you have
4: on yours? Uh, I'm to be the too. I'm using the Crayola. Which, also, if you're ever in a yeah, 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 and you're easy. wondering, a Crayola crayon is a three oh three caliber. But that's another story.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Will that actually work? Well, it's like... I guess shooting like a uh, rubber bullet, almost. Yeah,
4: hey. yeah, it, it, it's been done. Let's just say that it's a little bit of powder and a shotgun primer. It'll <laughs> go through a piece of plywood. For those of us who That's grew up cool. in the country, you know what I'm talking it's about. A pretty
0: hard substance, <laughs> really. I mean, as soft as it is, what you've got a ribbon burner going on your forge too, Justin? Don't you? Yeah, I and you think, made it yourself.
1: Yeah, I think I used IKEA straws, so they're like they're definitely smaller than a quarter mm-hmm. inch. How many holes do you have in here? So, it's got to be around twenty-one, something like that. Three that rows of like seven, a yeah. Three mm-hmm. rows of eight, maybe twenty-four or something like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd have, I, you know, I have it documented on YouTube. I'd have, I could go check, and my memory sucks. I don't know stuff. I, I can't hold information. I could use information though, but uh, I doc, I write stuff down. I document it so I can go back and.
3: I hear that. I hear
0: that. One of the things that kind of came up with uh, the research that I was putting into the ribbon burner while I was building it is that um, there seems to be a science behind the air inlet size that you're forcing your air through to the ratio of holes and hole size that you have for your burner outlet. Mm. So you want to pretty much try to match your inlet to your outlet – otherwise what's happening is your force air is actually building up inside of your burner and that's where you're going to start getting burn back issues and uh you're you're popping and whatnot going on Mm. so and that's i did find that with my first burner i what did I drill it out to originally? I think I started at, no, 9.30 seconds is where I started, which is one thirty second over quarter inch. Um, for those of you that might wonder why 9.30 seconds, 9.30 seconds is the hole size that uh, industry tends to lean to when you're drilling out a hole for a quarter inch bolt to travel through. It gives you that. Tiny little bit of extra play instead of trying to drill it exactly the size. Mm-hmm. To be honest, some industries will go to 16s for a quarter inch bolt, which is absolutely insane. But <clears throat> 930 seconds is a great hole size for a quarter inch bolt. So I, I went with the 930 seconds, drilled it out, just had tons of burn back issues. Um, dr- took you know, that's when Steve got involved. I started talking to Steve. I, and not not just Steve, what was the other gentleman, Clark Iron Forge, Clark, Clark Taplin, he was a huge help with it as well. And they're nice. like, dude, you need to drill those holes out bigger. Drilled them up, boom, now it's mm. working. But yes,
2: yes.
0: trying to get it to burn properly. This is the other thing that I found. It would burn, but not properly in the forge. It would just, it started like. Kind of choking out after a while. If I tried to close the door, boof, it would it would go out because it's just too too small of a burn too area rich. for all of that. Yeah, huh. yeah. yeah. So Shoot, it's kind of an yeah. interesting play on things. Yeah, I think it, there's some valuable information in there. People can take out of that. <clears throat> Oh, for sure. Yeah,
4: no, I found the one issue with the uh, the air with my ribbon was oh, if sure. I restricted it <laughs> a little too much, oh, yeah. that that's when I'd be getting the burn back and, and getting the ignition inside of the burner and back in the tube. So, and again, that's where, again, I don't know if it's because of the bouncing gas yeah. I've got so much air, yeah. just that, you know, that fraction of a turn on the gate belt would make a huge difference. But just getting that sweet spot, if it starts barking at you, shut it off, open up the air a little bit more, and it just runs perfect. <laughs>
0: So you made me just, you totally just reminded me of something that I, my science or my research or whatever that I put into this was actually, I screwed up at one point because I didn't have a gate valve on my blower um, set up properly. What I was trying to do is I was trying to restrict the air on the outside of the blower by closing off its inlet. Oh. Um, mainly the reason I was doing that was it was try, I was trying to be quick and janky about it so that I didn't have to worry about building an air gate and this and that. I was just like, I just want to see this thing work. If it it works, then I'm going to continue going forward with it. That's probably why it didn't work. Is as when you do that when you block the inlet of your fan you actually are re- putting a ton uh, of restriction on the fan itself whereas a, with an air gate um a scroll cage fan blower is meant to run with an air gate where its excess air will just blow back out mm-hmm. through itself whereas if you're trying to restrict it it's trying to pull so hard on that it'll start do, it'll start yep. pulsing Shops and you'll get You'll mm-hmm. get choke issues, you yeah. up your motor. So that's, that's why I had that problem, so don't do that, okay? Yeah, no, I bit the bullet, and I bought the two-inch. Yeah, yeah, gate valve. Is, I went and unplugged the motor, and I said, shit. Yeah. I like that was the most expensive port. That's of, the way to do it, though, like um, what you would use for a yeah. water tap, right? Yep.
4: Yeah, you can get them at uh, ta well I guess it's PV now, yeah. but yeah, two-inch uh, brass gate valve with a, the the hand screw on it, so just little in, a little out, and... Fine-tuned it to where you want, and the uh... I
1: just cut a a big round circle and put it and drilled through the tube and kind of created a mechanism where I can control um, how open that that plate was, either like horizontal and the air would blow through, or vertical and it would restrict all the airflow. Kind of like like a damper uh, in your ductwork, or somewhere in between. Yeah, inside of a That's, car where you mm-hmm. see the plate kind of flopping. Are you able to get hot enough to do forge welding?
2: Oh uh, yeah,
4: yeah. No, I uh, most most of the time I'm welding is or most of the time I'm forging. I'm making at least one billet of Damascus while I'm doing anything else. So between that and doing some uh, canister stuff, yeah, it, it gets hot enough, no problem.
2: <laughs>
1: so I see on your on your website, toddboltsknives.com. Uh, that you've got some damascus knives and on your instagram i'm interested what source uh what source steels do you like to mix for making your damascus todd whoa
0: whoa whoa whoa, whoa, wait hold on if you're gonna make damascus where are you buying your steel from buddy
4: well sometimes i'm getting it from maritime knife supply Uh, Where would you go, Steve? Yes. Well, he just stole my answer.
3: I want to say
0: that. And while you're there, pick up yourself. uh... Okay, well, we are recording again. Hopefully we can make all that patch together. We were talking about Damascus. (laughs) We ran into some technical issues there. Let's see if we can get this conversation back on track with the Damascus. Because Todd is making his own Damascus, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, that's correct. I've been making it for probably about, I don't know, four or five years. Started out uh, hand-hammering it. Oh, wow. Deciding that that sucked really, really bad. Um, So I ended up cobbling together a uh, makeshift forging press out of a 25-ton <laughs> log splitter. and uh, Every day, ho- hopefully I'm not going to blow myself apart with it when something lets go. But uh, I actually have a a proper one that should be here in Ooh. a week or two being built for Ooh. me. I don't know. Can I give a shout out to uh, Brad at uh, Broad River Forge Building the Juggernaut. Oh, awesome. yeah. Nice. And Steve Dupree just uh, also whipped me up. He posted them recently. Those are those are my dye oh, the so uh, a dyes. Oh, the dimpling file together, So everything will be nice. ready to go in one shot. No, no not the dimpling one. It's got a, uh, I've got a double squaring, a, a double butcher. Oh, I did see that. And an nice. address.
1: When we're looking at Damascus, what source steels are you using?
4: Uh, for the most part, I started out with, uh, you know, 1084 and 15 and 20. But uh, for the last couple of years, for the most part, I'm going 80 CRV2 and 15 N20, just give it that extra bit of toughness in there. I've got quite a few of my customers that actually use them. They don't just sit on a shelf and look pretty. So uh, just adding in that extra bit of benefit into the mm-hmm. seal, you know, I think is quite worthwhile. And, you know, they weld up nicely and, and uh, you know, etch nicely. So no loss. Just recently started doing a bit of canister oh, as nice, well too.
1: nice, nice. Um, when we compare ADCRV two and ten eighty four, you mentioned toughness. Are there any other benefits to ADCRV
4: two? Or well, it's from my understanding, and again, I'm no expert, no uh, metallurgist or anything like that. But uh, everything that I've seen on it, it's essentially, from my understanding, is if you were to combine ten eighty four with fifty one sixty, so you get the the extra strength and toughness mixed in with the performance characteristics of the ten eighty four. So, mm-hmm. you know, easy to forge, easy to sharpen, but holds a good edge. Uh again, a little extra toughness built into there, more abrasion resistant. Personally I have found that it holds an edge better, but um again, I'm sure there's a lot of variables in there. Yeah. As well. Sure. Definitely. But uh, I also started primarily if I am forging models and you steel. find that, that I prefer uh A D C R B too.
0: Mm. Do you find that the ADC, uh, ADC VR2 and the 1080 have similar etching
4: uh, qualities? Uh, I, I think the 1084 actually etches a bit darker uh, if you're just going with ferric chloride, but
2: yeah,
4: I don't know. After I do the uh, coffee etch, I don't see much of a difference between uh, either.
2: Nice. Hmm.
0: It would make sense to me that the ADC VR2 would resist the etching a little bit more than the 1080 just because it's got a couple of uh properties in it that are a little bit more resistant versus just a, yeah, the chrome, a straight carbon. And steel. And the vanadium.
4: Right. Yeah. Uh and definitely and, and that's again where I found with uh, but, if you're just using the ferric there is a difference. And sometimes if I'm doing that I'll, I'll actually layer up some uh some ten eighty four, some ten ninety five and some eighty b two just to get, you know, a bit of a, a variation in the oh, cool. in the etching. But Whoa. when okay. I've put it in the coffee, you know, leave it in there overnight, several hours, you know, everything gets so dark that it's, uh, you know, I, you'd have to look probably pretty hard uh, to see a difference.
0: Oh, this is uh, an interesting topic that I'd like to bring up is what are you using as far as ferric chloride goes? Did you make your own or did you buy it from the store? And how much did you dilute it if you no, didn't buy it from my own. the store? Oh. You do, okay. Making your own. own. You did uh, the uh steel wool peroxide. And
4: uh in muriatic acid, yeah. Right. So I forget what the exact ratio is. I think I think it was like uh I think it was like three to one uh peroxide to muriatic acid and I think it's like twenty grams per liter of iron. I'd have to I've got it written down. I haven't made any in a long time. Just I'll make up a big batch and it sort of Sticks around, works fairly well. You know, I, I have tried diluting some down for doing some small parts, things like that. It's a little less contrasty, but uh, you can definitely leave it sitting in longer to get the different effects.
0: Give a, a quick shout out to Steve Dupra here um, once again, because when he was over here and we were talking about stuff uh, last week, when he he was helping me out with the ribbon burner ferric chloride came up and one of the things that he was telling me with ferric chloride is uh, he has both he has store-bought and he has a homemade and he won't even bother with the store-bought because he finds that the difference between the homemade and the store-bought is night and day that the 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 store-bought stuff just does not etch nearly the same as the homemade stuff does. The homemade, for whatever reason, the homemade stuff just gives a way nicer etch. Is what his uh, really? experience is with that.
4: Really, and, and that could be that. I think most store bought stuff is actually made to be uh, for etching um, circuit boards. So again, maybe the, the potency yeah. or whatever is different.
2: Yeah, electric, yeah, because it's yeah. you know
4: we mask off the just to get the, that layer of um, copper off the circuit boards so that you can have everything all built up that you know it's not necessarily meant for etching away steel it's just meant for dissolving away some copper so i don't know that could be it i've never tried the commercial stuff uh actually another maker that lives near me he was using it um he got some decent results but uh i don't know taking a look at the cost of it too you know i could make a gallon of it for about 15 bucks versus you know i think a liter of it on amazon anyways last time i looked it was probably around 40 bucks Oh, geez. Yeah.
0: So making it is uh, definitely the, the way to go. And you, like you said, you have a recipe for it. And again, back to Steve Dupra. again, if you are interested in how that process works, he does have that available on his YouTube channel. He has, a, has the video for making your own ferric chloride using muriatic acid peroxide and steel wool. So give that a check out.
4: How long, how long has he had that up there?
0: I want to yeah. say it's been up there for a little while, for sure, like a good year at least. Oh,
4: okay. No, because I I got mine off. I couldn't remember what video who did it, but I found it online.
0: Okay. How did you find Steve Dupra?
4: Oh, just on Facebook. Uh, probably one of the okay. Canadian blacksmiths, bleedsmiths group, or one of those. But yeah, we're in a couple okay. of different groups, and actually, sense. he's definitely uh, uh, yeah. a friend of mine. got a ha- Got a hammer made from him, so I like that. So I got in touch with him. He made me a nice three three and a half pound dog head hammer uh a few months ago and that was pretty good so when uh i saw that he also makes a press dies got in touch with him for that too and you know got those whipped up just in time so very cool great to work with and you know chatted a few times uh you know seems to be a great guy very uh very happy to do business with him and you know Seems to be a really good source of information yeah. as well. No, no, I, I like Steve. He's, a,
0: he's definitely a good guy. So, Justin, yeah, you were gonna ask a question and I cut you off. I know when you were like, just yeah. I felt the buildup. You're like, I My big question! You
1: know, Now's the time. I, I was gonna go to the classic question. <laughs> you know, he started got the cold forge going, and he's. Todd's got his hammer. What was your first anvil? Ah, oh, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Should have let Steve have that one. <laughs>
3: You're right. Steve. <clears throat> Ask Todd the question.
4: Um, Todd, what was your first anvil? Oh, geez. Uh, it's one of the little ones that came from Princess Auto. It was sitting there. I grabbed it. I think it was maybe 40 pounds, if that. But uh, it was something, you know, hard and metallic, and yep. used that for a few months until they had one of the 110 pound ones come on sale, and then I went in and there was a little chip on the corner of it, so I got another hundred bucks off it from there. So, you know, I see a lot of people, oh, you know, beaten on, hey. on, uh, you know, oh well, it's a they're a piece of crap. It's like, well, they're a hard piece of metal. It's got a decent rebound and it's worked for me for many, many years. So. Yeah, the fact that I got a 110-pound oh, yeah. anvil for about $250, bucks, so i am not complaining. Because it doesn't say Peter Wright on it, I no. don't care. Shit, dude. It sits outside year-round and gets a nice layer yeah. of protective rust on it.
0: <laughs> is that the, uh, what is it, Acacio or something like that is the brand name? kind of has the four feet to it. Uh, oh, yes. no, no. I, dude, I've heard, yeah, the I've heard horn, so many people yeah. complain about them. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with those anvils. Those are great little anvils to start off with. I, I, I highly recommend using yeah, that yeah. over a, a beat up Peter Wright. Like you, so many people are trying to sell these Peter Wrights right, that are missing thing. half their face. Yeah, mm-hmm. more, more mm-hmm. chunks yeah. missing off of, and they want like five or six hundred dollars for a hundred pound Peter Wright. Yeah, yeah it's what? crazy. The so, only yeah. problem and with that anvil is the hardy hole size. Is it one inch? Seven yeah, eighths. It's old. seven eighths. Oh, that's peculiar. Yeah, I know.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm it's doing, not, it's any of the tools not not the I've made just, I guess. I shy one of one inch. Well, maybe I got one of the good ones because uh, in my hardy tools I've maybe made, maybe you got lucky. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, you, nice. got, you might have got lucky then because I know a few I people with that anvil, in the hardy <laughs> hole is where the trouble comes in. Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, again, because they're cast. And you got it for a hundred dollars off. You can be a, guy. a bit, uh, fluctuation. Well, no, I got it a hundred dollars off the sale price.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
4: So yeah, okay. princess auto. They're willing to go. And, negotiate. and just to
0: clarify, a lot of people. Oh yeah, totally. And just to clarify, a lot of people look at a uh, a cast anvil as inferior. What they're missing out on is cast is far from inferior. It's cast iron is inferior when it comes to an anvil, but cast steel is actually, and I might get people coming back on me about this one, but it's my, I I believe this 100% and I have other people that will back me up on it. A cast steel anvil is better than a forged steel anvil. Like, having your steel tool plate put on the top of it, you're further ahead, like a Brooks, for example, solid steel Hmm. anvil, you almost can't get better than that. Hmm. When you start going into anvils like Peter Wright, where you've got a tool steel uh, top plate forged on, you are looking at the possibility of there being inconsistencies in that forge weld, you are now working on a piece of steel that is, what, half an inch to three-quarters inch thick at most, if you're lucky, versus the entire anvil body. Being steel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm. there's what about, something to what think about there. What about you, there.
1: Steve? What, uh, what chunk of steel are you running in your shop?
3: Well, um, I'm still using the first anvil I ever got. Nice. And um, it's, uh, it's a beater, but you know what? She's my beater. And uh, got her for free when I was 14. Oh, wow. 14, 13. I, I put an ad in the, in the, this is time before internet, right? I, I put an ad in the buy and sell.
2: Nice. Uh,
3: that I was looking for an anvil and a, a lady contacted me came home from school one day and, uh, you know, they say, Oh, somebody called for you. And it turns out this lady was uh, the widow of a blacksmith and she had her husband's old anvil. Wow. So we, we drove up there to take a look and you know, she asked me what kind of things I was interested in getting into. And she's like, well, you know what? Um, My husband was given this anvil for free on the condition that if he were to ever give it away, he gave it away for free. So I'm going to give it to you for free on the on the same condition. So, wow. Uh, nice.
2: You know what? Head the forward. edges
3: aren't aren't awesome, but, oh, boy, you know, I, I love that anvil. It's got history. You know, my father and I went to go pick it up in our old Beater White pickup, and uh, it's just got history, got memories on it
0: that's awesome let's kind of be clear about something though a lot of people want to go and buy a brand new anvil because they're like "Ooh, sharp edges you don't want sharp edges i mean yeah it's nice to have a sharp edge but for the majority of the anvil you want some nice rounded edges and if anything you actually want to kind of taper the roundness if you can. So, you know, start off with like a half-inch radius near the horn and slowly take that radius off to a sharp point as you get towards the heel or or mm-hmm. vice versa if that's the way you work on it. But most people go with the larger radius near the horn. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to have oh, different yeah. spots where you can
1: choose what kind of radius you want on the Choose material we well, have that flexibility is great
3: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and you know if you ever need something you can always make a hardy tool that has that something
1: definitely and you know
4: like, i th- I well, think exactly. we had, had like some... a striking block or whatever
1: yeah mm, yeah mm. definitely but I think we had some connectivity issues a little while back. Um, so I, I think we should redo the uh, the, the steel. If if uh, Todd, like you were mentioning, you're getting steel. Um, are you ordering from Maritime Knife Supply?
4: I would say probably about 90% of the time. Yeah, getting it from uh, Lawrence. He's got pretty decent selection and uh, some good options and ships super fast. So shout out to Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Oh, super! And fast. I'll add that while you're on Maritime Knife Supply, if you want to get yourself one of those nice rulers, I put all those logos on them for them. <laughs> I do laser engraving. Did you? Hey.
1: Nice. Yeah. I like those little rulers. I've got a dedicated spot in the shop for them, and I know exactly where they are when I need them, ready to go. Okay. And it's always a good Everything reminder.
2: Everything.
4: Run through my shop.
1: <laughs> yes. Ooh. If you need uh, belts. You can save yourself 10% by going to Maritime Knife Supply, ordering yourself a set of 10, and that will give you a free belt in that 10-pack because of the the math involved. And I was using some Norax belts uh, that I ordered last week or that I received last week. Finally got to try them out, and I'm liking them. I was comparing them to the 3M Trizax, which have kind of a, a similar pattern to oh. it, but the backing on the Norax, yeah, the cubic uh, is it cubic cubichon? It's like a greenish which, belt. Which grit are you talking
4: about? Like which grit? Sorry, yeah. What grit are you talking about? Like the coarse ones or the the really yeah, fine ones? Just, like the triax?
1: Yeah, the triax is like. Uh, well, the Norax is like a white belt kind of. That's stippled. It's got like a, a pattern to the to the abrasive, hmm. similar to the 3M Trizac. Um, but the backing on the Norax is much more robust. I've had some of the Trizac kind of tear on me. I don't know if my my belt grinder is just too tight or... Actually, I spoke to uh, Niels Vandenberg about, about it, and he's like, don't do anything other than flats with those belts. They're dedicated for flat surfaces. You can't, like contour a corner you can't like do an edge or anything just like flats nothing else because you'll, you'll wreck the belts so i was hmm. i'm trying to be careful with them but i think i prefer the norax ones i i don't recall what the price difference is and uh it might be just because of my my grinder there but it's uh they're nice where did you pick
0: those uh where did you pick those up from well,
1: that's what we were talking about maritime knife supply no. okay. Yeah, yeah. But bought 10 and you got one for free, right? I did not. No, I ordered a bunch of random belts and I wanted to try oh, okay. a few of those just to uh, just to toss them in my locker and, and pull them out whenever mm. I wanted to experiment. But if you, if you want
0: to save some money, order 10 belts and one of them will come to you for free out of those 10. You'll get 10 belts, one of them will be free. That's right. It's the way to go. That's Look at that, the math. Yeah. If That's you want to sa- and if you want to save $100, how do you save $100 just uh, Steve. <gasps> Steve, how do you save $100 at Maritime Knife Supply, bro- brother?
3: Oh, $100. Oh. Does that involve a, a code and a kiln? It sure it does, is. buddy. Oh my goodness. What's the code?
1: So if you want to save 100 bucks on an Even Heat or a Paragon kiln, you put an fsc kiln in the coupon book code box and
0: uh i can see how going forward with things that we got we got a we got some work to do oh it's <clears throat> it's a
1: it's new gonna vi- it's, it's a
0: new vibe right <laughs> growing pains It's hard to grow into a new vibe, dude, man.
1: (laughs) Does she have (laughs) one of those vibes?
2: (laughs) One.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, man, life is good. Enjoy it while you can, right? Whether it's, you know, through your own personal experiences or with somebody else. Enjoy life at all at all costs yeah
4: too short not to have fun yeah Yeah. that's it
0: well that's not what she said she said it's (laughs) just the right length for fun actually i heard it was too short to have fun
3: (laughs) (laughs) too short i'll have fun by myself
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, just
3: yeah
4: take when off, when she yeah. said okay. just the tip the really <laughs> quick. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I wanna say things, but no, it's so inappropriate. <laughs> I do have I do have a funny though, okay? A funny situation happened. Uh didn't happen to me. My friend Mike Mike D. Of course. Who else would it happen to? He's telling me, he's like, dude did you know that drinking tea is more dangerous than drinking alcohol? And I was like, what? I've never heard this before. What are you talking about? He says, well, so the other night I went out with my mates and we were out probably until about four o'clock in the morning drinking beer. Shit. I probably had about 14 beer that night. He says, wow, buddy. That was like, that's a good night. Oh yeah. I was was having a great night. It was like, it was a blast. When I left, my wife was sitting down with a pot of tea. She was drink, drink, going to drink some tea for the night. I got home. She was still drinking tea. She had been drinking tea all night long. I walked in that door and she exploded in a rage like I've never seen before. I personally was fine. I was happy. I was in a good mood. I, didn't, I couldn't understand what was wrong. And all I could think to myself is, you know what? You, lady, have drank in too much tea. You need to relax. Maybe you should be drinking beer instead because I'm going to bed. Good night. (laughs) And off to bed he went. And so, in conclusion, he's concluded that drinking tea causes rage issues. I see it. I don't know about you. Crazy tea drinkers. He went on to tell me, but you know what? That's not even that bad, dude, because I heard this story about tea. It's kind of, it's native folklore. Back in the day, there was this story about a native guy that drank way too much tea. Oh, no. He ended up drowning in his own teepee.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh, well done.
0: (laughs) Thanks, boys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was grand. <laughs> Thanks, Mike D. All right. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. you. What you got there, bud?
2: Is this one is the of those? Elysium.
1: Ooh. Mm. The other one was a little. It was well, nine percent. It was pretty rich and 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 deep in the hop flavor. This is pretty hoppy as well, but it's more. It's a lot more fruity. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we were talking about acid and I'm like, oh man, I should probably go pull out that steel out of the acid. I had a piece of 1095 <laughs> soaking and I was like, yeah, it's probably ready to take out now. So, so how did, how did it look? Nice. Nice. Got a nice dark etch to it. And, uh, oh. I'll put a little what bit pattern Did you do Nothing. Just wanted it dark.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: Wait, wait. Okay.
0: So it's monosteel. Monosteel. You etched it in ferric chloride just to get it black. What? Yeah, yeah. These are the things I don't. Coffee, yeah, dude? Nice maker dude. Well, so I don't know these things. Uh, no, no coffee. I'm just gonna go with the acid.
1: Just acid bath. How- if you How black. black is that? Yeah, yeah. If you want a black black, you add you go with the coffee. Um That's what the guys are doing. But, I've always wondered about that. Yeah, but even oh, then, yeah. you I, well, from what I understand, it's nice to do the the acid etch first and then the coffee, just so you yeah. get like a start for the coffee well, you to, edge, like connect. Yeah, you with, for
4: depth sure. with the uh, with see. the acid then polish it back right. up. Then you throw it in the coffee, and that'll get the the deep dark. Yeah, and but, on, but on, mono steel, on
0: mono steel, you don't need to worry about doing that.
4: Well, yeah, if you want it dark, yeah. it does the exact same thing. Because on the on the Damascus, the well, the, the carbon steel is the one that's going dark anyways, the 15 and 20 with the high nickel. <laughs> that's not etching very much. Right, so but the, the polishing process, wouldn't,
0: you wouldn't need to polish it.
4: Oh, no, 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 that's right. No, on, on like, a monosteel, you wouldn't polish in between.
0: No. Right, yeah. Just go straight to the to coffee. brightening
4: up the 15 and 20. But, yeah, if you're just well, doing a it, it, you do that. It also,
0: yeah, it also leads me to wonder what does the ferric – what is the ferric actually doing that causes the coffee to darken it more?
4: Well, it, it, it's etching the surface. It's making it more – it's, like, roughing up the surface. So – it gives it more surface area than the yeah. coffee because it's so much a of, acid, um... it reacts slower. It,
0: there you yeah, go. It's like
4: making tiny no. little pits on it. So when you do the coffee, it's now yeah, got that yeah. extra surface area to work That's on.
0: That's what I was wondering. And because
4: you can leave it in there for hours and not worry about it destroying the, the steel, it lets it get that nice dark oxide and then, you know, you neutralize it, give it a quick yeah. rinse and let it dry and, it, and that oxide will actually toughen up. So it'll give you that nice... Almost
0: protective
2: finish.
0: How how permanent is that stain? Not does. It, will it scratch off? Yeah, it's going it to come off. Definitely. It like already. I like have. If I, if I
4: etched, yeah.
0: if if I etched and stained a hammer, would it would it last?
4: Probably I'm not on unless the you're like the body yeah. of it. Probably would. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. usually through wear and stuff. Well, no, that's like that. what like, I'm thinking I though. That how. Yeah, how sexy? Agree. Yeah. Sure. Well, hey, make it a, a hammer body that's
0: etched black, and then the face is polished. That'd be fucking gorgeous, yeah. dude.
4: Oh, or you can gun blue it you or steal you know, my hot blue it or whatever. If anybody man. steals
0: my idea, I'm coming after you, bums. I'm joking. That's <laughs> with, uh, what we're all about, man. We, we're brainstorming.
4: Yeah, he did a uh, uh, a wrought iron body with, uh, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, 1045 yeah. or something like that, uh, for welded onto the face. So again, he's etching it, getting the contrast in, that's the same sort of idea, but, um, well, the dog's head hammer that he did for me, it's black. Is it? Okay. Nice.
0: Interesting. I wonder what he yeah. did there but for yeah, that.
4: yeah, just because of the, yeah, of the I think it's just from the, in the heating process, like in the, when he's heat treating it and then in the oil yeah. and things, so...
0: Well, yeah, actually, okay. I've got a couple hammers that, yeah, I've got some hammers that are on the black side. Just from that alone, as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then doing with the uh, the oil quench, print. and then not polishing it off afterwards.
4: Right, but uh, as far mm-hmm. as wearability on the Damascus stuff, I I really avoid and try to discourage anybody that wants a Kydex sheath on a Damascus blade. Just because you've got those tight pitch points to hold mm. things together. And you know, after a few times in know you'll start to see mm. wear marks forming in the uh, in the edge where it's going through there. But once it's etched, you keep yeah. it oiled, hmm. you know, take care of it properly, lax wax or whatever. Yeah. Um, it lasts pretty well. It'll still patina a bit as you use it. Hey. But if you use metal polish, if, you'll take it right off. No no no. If you
0: wanna if you wanna protect you're a knife. There's only one product you're going to use, buddy, and that's the Twiller linseed oil, okay? And if you want to get yourself some de Twiller linseed oil, we can save you 10% by heading over to deTwillerLinseedOil.com. De, or is it deTwiller.com? Jesus, Murphy. Google it. And Uh-oh. pop in the, the code side
1: 10 <laughs> Actually, don't Google it. Use oh. Bing. Bing. Oh
4: Jesus! <laughs> you gotta bing it, it up. <laughs> the second
0: person using it. The TwillerLindseed twiller And if you head over there and use our code, you can save ten percent, dude. Uh, dude, order uh, one four liter chat ten. Is it Forge Chat Ten? Not Forge Side. Fuck's Forge You didn't say the uh, code, so I'm just saying it's Forge. I did. Uh, I said forge, forge Side Ten. 10. I said Forge side ten. I fucked that up. Check the tape. Check the tape. Yeah. What tape?
1: I don't think he said. We get a replay from the Doesn't booth. matter. Oh, okay. Forge Forge chat ten. Thank you. Oh, okay. Who's that? That was me. <laughs> Welcome to the team, Steve.
0: <laughs> Cracking
3: up uh, some of that Canuck Pale Ale from Great Lakes Brewery.
0: Oh nice! Oh nice! Which one?
3: Uh, the one with the big old lumberjack on the front. Canuck oh. Pale Ale,
0: it's called. Oh, it's that's what it's it's actually called Canuck Pale Ale. I thought you were just it's called calling Canuck. it that. Here, I'll, okay, I'll,
3: no no no, here I'll turn on my camera and you can actually see. Nice. I
0: can't say I've seen that one here. We get the Great Lakes Brewing oh. stuff here, but I haven't seen that one. Hey, back to the Twiller linseed oil. I didn't get this out quick enough here. 10% off of orders, $50 or more. You get a wax tub and a one liter jug of double boiled linseed oil. It's 50 bucks. So it's the perfect product to use the 10% off code on and Everything is $20 flat rate shipping across Canada and the USA. So it's excellent place to get your linseed oil. It's not just linseed oil. They got, what was that, linseed oil with pine tar mix they've got going on, the flax wax, wood wax. Awesome stuff, man. I just, I'm in love with that flax wax. It's awesome stuff. Well, I actually I've got to get Justin wax. his tub of it still so that he can start playing around with that and see what it's all about. And wax is wood.
2: Mm-mm. So. Oh, you had
0: to
3: take yeah, it man. there. You had to take it there.
0: I always do. That's why I take it. Mm. That's where I take it. It's there all the time.
3: <laughs> well, then, <laughs> so and take it.
0: Todd, you got yourself a laser machine now and you're starting to play with laser etching. Where did that? Why did you decide to buy yourself a laser etcher? Where did that start, dude?
4: Well, like a lot of people I've talked to doing the stencils and electro etching, you spend so much time finishing a knife and you get one little mix up on the stencil, or something doesn't go right, and you end up putting a big, ugly mark on your blade, and you got to go back and start over again. So I got tired of that, and I started getting. I request from a bunch of customers to have their company logos put on because, again, uh, getting them out to some of their influencer teams for social media. They want to have their brand on it and stuff like that. So I was able to get a lot more detail. I started taking a look around, and I could not find anybody locally uh, that could do any laser engraving. Everybody just seems to have CO2 lasers, which is great if you want to do wood or leather, or plastic and things like that. But uh, to do steel, you need a fiber laser. So I uh, started doing some researching and ended up having one built to spec uh, from uh, one of the many providers in China who worked really good with them. Only uh, only challenge would be that they're exactly 12 hours apart from us. So getting communicating, getting things coordinated, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's kind of restricted to late in the evening, our time. Mm -hmm. Uh, to get things done but uh once i pulled the trigger on it it took took maybe about four weeks to get built and shipped and in my driveway and set up and then the learning curve began and and, uh you know so i can do pretty well anything super fine detail lots of different options um you know start on some blades i've got a few other makers in the area that will bring me some of this stuff to get their their marks put on and if they need any custom engraving done I started making up some challenge coins for a couple of the uh, knife groups and things like that on social media uh, lots of people like to collect those oh, cool. you know dog tags I made a uh, I got contacted by a guy in Alberta to make a uh, a plaque for on a custom urn that he was making for someone so lots of different options are coming out of that, lots of side jobs and things. Uh, I started doing some uh, customizing of uh, uh, different pocket knives and things. People send me their scales or their high-end knives to have their titanium custom engraved and, you know, different from photos to uh, you know, some specked out art that'll make up. Uh, Sort of going way back, I actually went to college back in the 90s for photography and You know when Photoshop was just Photoshop, there was no number behind it. So that's about, you know, twenty six years ago, anyways. So I've uh, I got a lot of the design background, so I can whip up things pretty quick and easy, and get them put out to the laser and get them burned up. So I get some pretty good results, and uh, sort of constantly learning and trying new things with it
0: how does this laser work? Like, what is it? Is it like a booth that you put your,
4: your knife inside of, or like how big is the the machine? (laughs) The booth ones are the nice, you know, American made, uh, industrial ones. that will cost you, you know, tens, if not more thousands of dollars to get done. This one probably best resembles a, uh, an old school overhead projector type setup. Um, so it, it's two nice. different parts. Okay, yeah. the uh, the laser source itself and the, the control boards and everything else, power supply, they're in a, a standalone unit. Like a, it best resembles like a PC tower, like for a computer. Then from there through the fiber optic cables and everything runs from there to the laser head. So it's got a, a galvo system where there's two tiny little mirrors that the beam of laser comes through the fiber optics. It's the mirrors. You've got different lenses you can put on to control the uh, uh, work area that you've got, which also has effect, effects on the power output and everything. Okay. Uh, you know, adjust the focus accordingly, get all the things in place. And then uh, once you dump the design into the software, set up how you want it to work, whether it's, you know, one simple thing. You're doing multiple different frequency changes, power changes, um, all that sort of stuff to get the different effects and just put it through and let it run. Make sure you've got a good exhaust system because, uh, a lot of the, 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 (laughs) the smoke and residue coming off of whatever you're doing can get pretty nasty and pretty thick. So, uh, it can sometimes be a Mm. a quick, you know, two minute job or some things you can leave running for an hour. What kind of exhaust
0: system are you running then?
4: Uh, basically I've got a six inch inline fan and some six inch duct work that, uh, I've got the unit set up in my basement where there just happens to be uh, an old fireplace that was never finished. So I've got a chimney that was just blocked off. So I just vented it up Perfect. the chimney, sealed it, so it's it's going straight outside. So don't have to worry about any of the fumes inside and the uh, the exhaust hard nice. enough that uh, I can be sitting there with my face right beside it trying to take a look at some fine detail and not smelling a, a bit of smoke. You can actually if you're running uh some jobs for quite some time you'll actually see some of the vaporized metal especially brass shows up really well a streak of it going from the workpiece into the exhaust tube oh, yeah. along the uh the work surface and stuff oh yeah yeah so and oh, yeah. and probably the I most important thing super is cool. you, yeah it you got to uh <laughs> make sure you've got the proper safety eyewear on set for the right frequency so you or wavelength rather of the laser, so you're not giving yourself uh oh. laser eye surgery. You get the uh, odd nice. beam reflecting off, catching in know. the eye. You're not going to. Is be that something a good
0: day. that you learn through the user manual, or is it something that you had to find from somebody else? How did you
4: figure that out? Well, just from doing all the research, I knew that. Um, there's a couple of YouTube channels online that have, you know, a, a ton of really good information uh, about anything you want to know with them. Uh, the manufacturer does provide one set of. Give me a shout out. Who, who are you talking about here, buddy? Shout out to Laser Everything, so Laser Everything on YouTube. So go through all kinds of tutorials. Okay. Anything, everything from you know what's the right laser to buy for you, what configurations, how to do calibrations, get them set up. You know, running basic hatch programs uh they've got a paid it was a patreon i forgot what it's changed to now with something different where you can actually get uh files that they've put together with all the different parameters for doing different types of material different settings different hatches all that kind of stuff so it it definitely shortens the learning curve but yeah check them out if you've got a fiber laser you're interested in getting one uh uh, laser everything on youtube and uh yeah it's definitely well worth uh some time being invested in sharks
1: any freaking sharks with lasers on them? Freaking laser beams? The freaking
4: laser. <laughs> Blowing up Aldo on nice. that, eh? <laughs> Is
1: that too much to freaking ask for?
2: <laughs>
1: Release
0: the sharks!
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. COVID you Wave have, uh... six
0: is done, release the sharks.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to the murder hornets.
1: Who's got another shout out? Steve Lyndon? Murder Hornets, yeah. Yeah, no kidding,
0: eh?
3: Um yeah, I, I can I can shout out if, if it's my turn or
0: I think you do you you got somebody you better shout out, brother. Uh,
3: you know what? He's gonna he's gonna come over here and kick my ass if I don't. But I've been I've been waiting for the right time, and uh, I just wanna I, I want to lay it out to uh, Rick Marchand out there. Uh, he's uh, yeah. yeah, baby. I yeah,
1: spend... let's hear a little bit about uh, about this time.
3: Well, I spent two weeks out there with him in uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, uh Nova Scotia. And, uh, well, even though we spent most of the time in his shop, when I did go out, it was nice. But, uh, oh, man, just the amount of shit that guy can teach, I don't even know where to begin, like. I never knew what I didn't know until I knew I didn't know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Damn, that guy—it's it, just tops. Like if if you want to go, if you want to up your game, like uh, when it comes to blades and, and such, oh boy, Rick is Rick is the dude. He will he will take care of you. He'll give you back rubs and well, actually no, uh, Darcy. Whoa,
0: told me. really? Darcy told me kind of I'd be getting
3: early? good back rubs, but nothing ever happened. So.
2: Uh, Jeez well, <laughs> uh,
3: but um, his uh, the apartment I stayed in uh, it was it was uh, it
0: was really nice. It's like right there, isn't it? Right like on above top of his the shop, shop, right?
3: Right above the shop, and you know, I slept in the same bed as Scalligram. Of course, not at the same time, because then I'd have a lot of explaining to do to the girl. But. Um, <laughs> No, they might might have an uh, an
0: interesting, more interesting story for us too, at that point, but
3: yeah, right. But no, I've, um, what, what, uh,
0: what, what in the (laughs) butt?
3: Sorry. There goes my train of thought. Um, (laughs) no, um, no, it's just, um, Rick just explains everything so clearly and so well. So, but it's not. He doesn't like pile it onto you at first. He introduces the idea and then gradually, as the course goes along, he reinforces it. So by the end, you're like, "Yeah, I know that." And it's just like, I'm a teacher myself, and seeing how he can just how much thought and effort he puts into his teaching method rather than just the material. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, it's really cool. It's, it's, I really appreciated the, the thought and um, effort that was put into his teaching method, as well as the <clears throat> copious amounts of information that he's, he's teaching.
0: That's awesome. I haven't yeah, heard that I... word for a while copious copious it was usually used in reference to uh, the amount of illicit drugs we did in the night when I was younger
3: well, okay well that that's that's um I mean there weren't uh, that amount of drugs, but there was a large amount of uh, knowledge being dropped, so there is yeah that's a uh, copious word preferably
1: be, uh, anyway. when you're paying for a course oh fuck yeah right <laughs> you'd want yeah. a copious amount of information
3: but in in terms of value um <laughs> i no question just the value is there and if if, if anything he's given you a real deal <laughs> so really oh super oh
0: you, like, how many knives did you make while you were there
3: i made i made uh the two uh What'd you make? Well, uh, I made a, a small uh, recurve EDC, uh, just a small little hunter nice. guy Sweet. that I wanted. Uh, you know, because i've I've always I've always wanted to go down the path of recurve and uh, kind of get myself out of kitchen knives and into uh, into other more fun things. So I figured, like, hey, this is the place. Um, so we, we did one of those with a sure. really nice uh, Indian rosewood handle and just uh, you know Rick Rick and I just it, it turned out it turned out great. And then for mm-hmm. the second piece, uh, we decided to get a bit ambitious and uh, we did a, uh, a Kaiken blade. Which is, which ended up what being is that? more like a, more like a Tanto. It's kind of in the, in the Japanese sword family there. Um, okay. So, so we had, we had a nice That's
0: kind of Rick's like, that's Rick's like thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The Japanese yeah. traditional stuff.
3: I wanted to learn some of that stuff while I was there. So it's, it's like a, a Tanto with a Sori, right? With like a, a curve, a curve to the blade. Um, so mm-hmm. we did the blade, uh, we made a tsuba, you know, the guard. Uh, we made a habaki, that little copper collar that goes around it, uh, cool. some sepa for mm-hmm. it. We just did all the fittings, fit it together. It's all held together with a bamboo pin, no glue, full takedown. And it's okay, just cool. like, oh, man, and Art in my pants. I'm so lost. <laughs> I'm so lost. You are saying all these words, and I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> Jesus, Murphy. Wow. Okay, yeah, well, I, saw, I saw you things, posting so that on social media. That really <laughs> yes. Is that
4: better? <laughs> thing.
3: Yeah, Rick. Rick made a a very a very nice post uh, about that. Lots of pictures. I didn't even see you snap yeah, some of those. I saw that
0: too. Well, you know, like I I I know I saw all these pictures and I know what you're talking about, but I got to play up the story for the for the podcast, right? I I I do know what you worked on while you were there because I read the post and everything like that. But I want to hear it from your from the horse's mouth per se. Right?
2: Mm.
0: So, good story though, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what does a horse eat? Mm. Never. No, let's not. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Everybody knows okay. that joke.
3: Well, <laughs> well anyways, just want to say thank you, Rick. You, you the man. <laughs> All
0: right. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I'll double down on that and say another thank you to Rick for coming on Forge Side Chat back in the day and having a conversation with us. And I can also double down on the fact that Rick is a superb gentleman. I don't know about his back rubs, but I, I'll have to find out eventually. Yeah. We, me and you were supposed to travel out there and hang out there for uh, a session. <laughs> Do our Cross Canada tour. Well, that would be fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, uh, my shout-out this week is going out to Ben's Bites. I was working in my shop. He was uh he was live on Instagram. I messaged him a few times like do you want to get on here sure so we connected talked a little bit and then i had some issues quenching or hardening my 1095 and 15 and 20 knives this week and um it just kind of gave me a few tips to try to figure out problem solve what was going on i was getting like out of the out of the oil like Maybe like fifty six Rockwell tops, maybe fifty eight. And I was like, "This doesn't make sense. Like, why is it not getting full hardness?" So he, who chatted, he recommended doing a water quench. I was kind of worried about doing that. He asked me if I knew if my kiln was actually accurate. I was like, "That is a question that I cannot answer." So mm. he said, "Well, what temperature does salt melt?" So what I ended up doing was grabbing a plate of steel, heating it up to four hundred and seventy degrees Fahrenheit, putting salt on it, and at that temperature, the salt was kind of, kind of globbing together, and then at four eighty. It was liquefying and vaporizing off. So, you mean
4: 1480. Melts at
1: 472, 474. So, I. Yeah, 1480. Sorry, what did I say?
2: 480?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, shit. Yeah. Way hotter. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So,
4: 1480.
1: uh, So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Seeing playing between those two temperatures, I could see that my forge is actually pretty darn close to temperature, so it kind of problem solved it. I finally did get the blades hard, um, but I had to overshoot the temperatures by quite a bit and kind of worried about grain growth. But I was, I think, in that range where uh, the grain isn't gonna balloon up too much, so it's being, we'll do a being cautious. Got them hard. They're tempered. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. Um, Quenched them in some water. Snap test. Looked fine at 1650 is the temperature I did quench them at. And quenched them in oil afterwards. And I think think I'll be fine with that. Running running through that process of... uh, What
4: are you using for your quench oil?
1: Renormalizing. Parks. I, I don't know what's up with this steel in particular for myself but um like like he was saying uh ben he was saying just like it, it's stock removal just just qu- water quench it see what happens like you're not spending all this time forging it and uh like investing propane into this piece you're just cutting it out just Give it a shot and see what happens. But I was like, uh, I don't want to really do that. But maybe next time I will just water quench it.
0: What material was it again?
1: Ten eighty five. Hmm. Doing some reading, trying to problem solve it. It usually you you heat it to four seventy five. Yeah. For. After your normalization, the, five to 10 minutes, something like that. And then uh, Parks is recommended. Heated my oil up to 80. It's like everything was right. But where did you get just, the,
0: the recommendation on Quench from? You, you don't uh, need I the think preheat that was parts from either.
1: An Admiral Steel? No, well, yeah. My shop wasn't very warm, so I just wanted to get it to, like,
0: the mm. ideal temp. So.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, because
0: I was water-quenchable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, especially if it you want to decent in the risk
1: You risk cracking.
4: Unless you use a brine instead of just straight well, water. Well, so
1: it... I think where the danger is, that's so what yeah, exactly. That's what Ben was recommending. He's like, Well, do you have a brine? I was like, No, I don't have a brine. <laughs> have straight up water and Parks 50. So, Let's mix some salt in with the right, water and a brine. Not it's not simply not just hard to make. water with salt in it. Yep. What, yeah. what ratio of salt do you want in your, yeah. in your water,
2: though?
4: Well, it's probably a quick Google or Bing search away. Like, are you oh, putting
1: Google. to a
4: gut? Yeah, yeah. I just figured it would be like
1: a bucket of salt and a couple gallons of water or something, like super concentrated. I
4: don't know. Like just enough to avoid... uh, One tablespoon
1: of salt
0: for every cup of water you used. That's it? 16 cups of water, 16 tablespoons of salt, one cup of salt. Huh. One Hmm. cup to 16 cups. So it's not like two two girls, one cup, it's one cup of salt to sixteen <laughs> cups of water. 16, one.
3: <laughs> you nasty. Yeah,
0: remember that ratio. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> good to know. Good to know.
1: Next time. You know, and that's I think probably a really good way to find a happy medium for ten ninety five. And I'd imagine 15 and yeah. 20 would be quite similar as well. So <laughs> the other profiles are pretty, similar. that's why they're for the map. While you're at it. No, but now it's jet, jet dry. Jet dry is for like, surface. Yeah. That that's for like super, super quenching mild steel. Well, you can super quench anything. Well, I don't want to super quench. That's a thing. You don't want to like pull the heat out too fast then
4: Snap dink well, especially if you're heating it up past 1600, too. That's who's your you shout put out? A lot then, of load didn't... in there,
0: that's Brian, yeah. just takes water. Yeah, yeah, Brian, Brian's taking water to the next level. Super quench takes it one level higher, right? I don't know. What do I know? Fuck Who am I talking here? What Jesus, I don't <laughs> know. I gave a shout out already. I'm pretty sure I gave shout outs already. You did, you did oh you know broad river forge shout out to broad river forge you the man you're a freaking soldier you're uh you're somebody to look up to dude thank you for i I just listened to Axe and iron podcast he was one of their guests a few episodes back he's dealt with uh one heck of a uh would have surgery a bad a bad hand dealt to him in life uh, he went through colata cancer and uh listening to his story it's it sucks dude to to hear that man it's you know like i i've been dealing with uh certain stomach issues for a long time here, and listening to that shit that's worrisome dude you know you, you worry about that kind of stuff in life, especially at our age, you know uh turning forty, you have to start worrying about. That kind of stuff. You should go for your uh, colon checkup. Go for a colonoscopy. Right. Make sure that everything's healthy back there, and that you're not. You know, don't you don't want this stuff to creep up on you? And he was saying in his in his uh, in his interview that that's partially the reason that he got dealt as bad of a hand as he got dealt is because he waited too long. He waited till long. he was mm. dealing with a lot of lot of issues really badly, and
1: uh, you know it's. I think it's yeah. forty five that's recommended.
0: Oh, that you it, that every two now years. they're starting yeah. to It used maybe, to be fifty okay, apparently. 50. Now they're starting to recommend it or younger, forty five. Yeah. I think you you're you're right there. Yeah. I think that they said it on their episode too, that that they used to be fifty and now they're starting to recommend it younger. So if I'm not mistaken, my doctor was telling me when you're forty you should start going for them. So Wow. Maybe maybe that's just you though. Maybe just think you're cute. I've, I've gone before, you've got though. That, I've that
3: fella does good work though, eh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. So he's got fat fingers. Yeah, you're getting, getting a little bit too freaking personal here, man. Sorry
1: guys. Speaking about <laughs> fat fingers, Todd, what kind of knives do you make?
4: Um uh, pretty much anything fixed blade uh you know started out making a lot of hunters and just edc type stuff uh had a lot of requests got into doing more of the culinary stuff uh been getting a lot of i've got a lot of customers that are sort of in the barbecue game so wanting you know the custom slicers something that they can have to show off and and everything out there Mm. um you know I've got, uh, actually I forged up a, a set. One was, uh, along the lines of the Jason Knight Elemental knife that, uh, I think is was about a 10 inch blade, uh, full okay. forged finish, uh, along with a, uh, a smaller, very short and stabby knife for a, a member of the Canadian forces that he wanted to have rigged up for on his gear. So got a set of those out and, You know, pretty much if it doesn't fold, I'll give it a shot. I've got a set of matching canister tantos I'm working on right now for one of my regular uh, clients, a good friend of mine. Uh, Some cleavers, some uh, Damascus dagger. Look at my list here. Um, Two Santokus for a couple of chefs. Those are going to be higher-layered Damascus. Uh, A couple of hunters. Uh, Just, you know anything and everything just i don't uh i'm not a huge fan just for myself of doing the same thing over and over again i like to mix it up so you know i, I get a lot of people asking oh yeah. what's your you know what's your normal what's your your regular knife it's like well I, I don't have one it's you know what do you want the knife to do and let me sketch something up i've got a yeah. uh a custom uh Puko that i'm doing up for uh uh, gentleman to his specs so you know just i like to keep it fresh keeps it fun uh just my own personality nice. i don't think i'd like to crank out the same thing over and over again even yeah. though i know that you know that's that's the uh, bread and butter for a lot of people out there they've got their you know two three four sort of standard models and you know that's awesome as well just i like to uh mix it up keep it fun for myself mm-hmm. and handle wise
1: nice. are you Kind of sticking to specific handle materials or just all over the map with that as well? Uh,
4: for the most part, I'm using uh, uh, wood. I do my own stabilization. So I do my own dyeing and stabilizing. So uh, I like taking a oh. run down to Exotic Woods down in Burlington, Ontario. They've always got lots of different options there. It's nice figured wood. <laughs> uh, I do some stuff with, uh, you know, some Coca bowls some Bacotes, some uh zircote things like that that don't need to be stabilized just Mm because they've got such a a heavy natural wax and oil content but for any of this stuff i've got uh actually some stuff i've been working on right now some spalted quilted maple that's uh turning out quite nice and there's always Mm. a good pile of curly maple down there that i can Mm. work through but uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part, I, I now, like dealing with the wood.
1: Does type of maple need to be stabilized?
4: Yeah, it definitely helps because, again, yeah. it, it's more so to avoid the, the shrinking and expanding and warping and that kind of stuff. So, And if there are any voids, well, other than spalted, definitely you need to uh, stabilize in pearls, Otherwise, uh, they're a little too fragile. That you don't yeah, have them splitting yeah. and cracking because they don't have the the normal grain structure anymore holding it all together. But with the maple too, it's you, it takes yeah, dye yeah, quite definitely. nicely. So you dye up your cactus juice, different things. You can do you know single or double or triple dyeing to get the different effects. So it just gives a lot of flexibility and, mm-hmm. and it's nice to work with once it's done and it's set.
0: You, you know, do all it
4: yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. I try to do as much in-house as I can. Um, You know, I've sort of been that way, Uh, and that sort of goes back to, you know, building my own forges. I built my own heat-treating oven. Uh, I'm thinking about building another one just to do longer blades. The one I've got right now, I think I max out inside at about 18 inches. So, uh, either going to make an extension I can put on there or whip up uh, another one to get into some longer blades or to use just for doing tempering. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I've built my own belt grinders. Uh, You know, if I can build it i don't have to buy it yeah and as far as handle material goes when when you're sorry go ahead
1: yeah when you're stabilizing your maple burls if you're double stabilizing or triple stabilizing what what does that mean
4: okay well that's basically where you're using different dyes so you you mix up your cactus juice with the proper kinds of dyes so uh normally you wouldn't do that part under vacuum so you would take your your wood blank, put it in, like, say, some red-dyed cactus juice, and just let it soak it up through osmosis, get it in there. Then you'd wrap it, bake it. Once you get it to about, I think it's 198 degrees, as you do mind, about 212, it's heat-activated. So once you put the catalyst into the the cactus juice resin uh, and you heat it, it will start to set. So after about 10 minutes, it turns into essentially plexiglass. So it would wick it up. Once it's in there, you bake it so it solidifies Grind off all the excess mm-hmm. on the outside. You can put it into a different color. So if you want different color combinations, uh, let it wick that up. The downside to doing, you know, double or triple dyeing is each step that you take, it takes longer to do because you're plugging up more of the the cellulose structure and all the air spaces and everything to let it wick in. Uh, so if you do the, the first round just by soaking it, cook it. And right, the second round, right. if you do it under vacuum to dry out all the air to let it get in, deeper then once you bake it you get the uh, the blend of the different colors going through with the wood so it makes some pretty good effects okay, I did Neat. some uh spalted tamarind uh, recently with uh, some red cool. yellow I've, I've and s- orange looks like blank. I've
3: seen it before but just nice. wow. I like it I'm gonna need to stop by your place sometime dude
4: no yeah, man come on by just don't get hit turning in off the highway.
1: Get the shop tour.
0: Probably <laughs> That'll be the yeah. interesting Steve. aspect of having...
4: <laughs> How
0: close are you guys to Toronto again? Oh, I'm about 45 Not minutes. Not far so enough? I'm... Yeah. Good <laughs> <Get> an answer.
4: <laughs> well, hey, at least I'm on the north side <laughs> of Highway 9. You're down <laughs> in the GTA. I...
0: You guys are north of Toronto? Yeah. A little northwest. So... Mm-hmm. Just thinking, like there's a lot of people around you guys, man. Even just like within like, like think. Uh, I'm thinking, like, maybe like a five five hour radius of your place. Like, holy crap, oh, yeah. man! Like, oh yeah, amount yeah. of people. You're going to the uh, Great Lakes uh, Custom Knife Show, aren't you? Yep. You got a table
4: there. Yep. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was signed up. What's for the, the uh, What's the
0: date of that again?
4: Uh, August 20th in Bathurst, Ontario. So it's about halfway between Godrich and Grand Bend. Right on the, the west coast of Ontario, on Lake Huron.
2: Nice.
4: Yeah, no, I'd signed up for that back in If I'm coming from
0: Winnipeg, where do I want to go to get there? How do I want to do it?
4: I don't know. Does London have an airport? It's going to take me 26 hours, to fly a car? I think you fly into London. if yeah, we get it airport, It's, airport. it's a probably drive. just
0: easier to fly into Toronto.
4: <laughs> You're probably going to get more flights into Toronto. Yeah, okay. Yeah, then you're going to be looking from Toronto, I'd, oh, yeah, I'd right? say probably about two and a half hours, three hours maybe.
0: Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Rent a car and drive that. A lot better than driving the 26 hours that Justin's talking about.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah no kidding. No doubt. But You guys should come and do is, a live broadcast drive, from there.
0: Right? Stop You by and can say, come hey. and
4: do a live broadcast from my table. I'll give you some space. <laughs> <laughs> nah. oh, look at that! Look at that! There you go. You can't refuse now.
0: Oh man, the the temptation to, to go to the show to to be part of the show as Forge Side Chat as well is uh, it's very tempting.
4: And you look know like I believe just, you know I mean, just book like
0: one of the cheap flights out to Toronto. But apparently yeah. Swoop is going to stop flying.
4: Yeah, well, I'm talking to Chris uh, Hamlin, who's organizing there are other it. Another budget airline. I, airlines I too. think all the tables are, are booked, but I'm sure that if you wanted to do that, he might be able to shoehorn another spot in there mm-hmm. it'd definitely be worth uh having a chat about
0: oh no i would just walk i i'd walk around from table to table interviewing type type thing that's a lot of content heck yes
3: that's a lot could be of you. content
0: could be man get it all on video as well yeah, put it on yeah. the YouTube, and it's a big thing. You can write
4: the my, whole trip off
0: on the tube of you. Oh, I like that. Uh, there's that side to it too, right? Really, if you wanted to. Yeah, Jeez Louise, hey, look at this. Look at this guy's thinking. There you you,
4: you, you can't afford not sport. to come.
0: Nice flights well, are not that expensive. Hey boys, Winnipeg to Toronto. Are you looking Winnipeg? through Justin, Flight Hub. Yeah, nice. Swoop is not going to be flying as of June or July. They're yep. going to stop flights to Toronto, apparently, from Winnipeg. Hmm. Don't really need to bring anything with you either. Bring a, a fresh pair of gitch and you're good to go.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, you don't even need all. to bring that. You just turn them inside out or whatever, right? Well, yeah. the yeah. One pair is good
2: for four
4: days. You turn it inside out, <laughs> you turn God, it around. You turn it inside item. out again. You turn it around again.
3: You're
0: good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Worst case, That's an it's army a thing. I knew you about that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what the? F- I came out of nowhere. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, you've never heard about that before. No, no, no. It's a, it's a thing. I, I well, I mean, I read about it. So it's about as much of a thing as anything else is a thing, but like never use your coffee maker in your hotel room ever again oh my god <laughs> yep, yep exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> hotel rooms are so disgusting oh dear
4: well hey, if you're that concerned oh. but it, it's right on lake Huron, you, we have to you go run there. over there and hop in uh, and, you know uh, what boys beat your ditch on a rock
0: yeah it'd be just as well there eh oh all right boys let's uh Throwing the sheepskin with a
2: coo. Do
1: you want it, Steve?
3: Oh, I can try. Do it. Go,
2: go, 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 go.
1: Take off, eh? I figured Growing it pants. out. I figured,
3: figured out, out. the problem
2: <laughs> it
3: Well, Uh, because bell kind of screwed me over and i'm waiting for a site visit i have to use my hotspot on my phone but my phone's mobile um data is set to prefer 4g over the higher um more uh, faster bandwidth
1: or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's the one
3: so as soon as i switched over all the problems stopped so it's like okay i'm just in app with my phone, cool. <laughs> hmm.
0: I wonder how much data we soaked up on you by doing this.
3: Um, less than three hundred megabytes. Yeah, it's not too bad. Well, that's that's, that's sweet.
1: It's not
3: totally. Well, if you like, turned your video off.
1: Acceptable. Yeah,
3: I'll Never. use more than that watching YouTube later. Cool. So. Yeah. No, I did. Nice. I did that too. I did that too. Hmm, Yeah, it's unfortunate I don't get
1: to see your cute face, but well, next time,
3: next time. Well, I can, I can turn it on for you. Here you go. Here you go. Oh. yeah, There There he is. (laughs) Who's a hairy boy? (laughs) (gasps) That's what daddy likes. Okay. Is
0: that Tom Green coming out there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> oh, this connection stuff is going to be interesting going forward.
3: Uh, you know, I got the site visit Fine. coming on Friday, so mm. he'll sort it out or he won't leave my house, and we'll have a permanent house guest. <laughs> Your okay, own
1: tech guy. Nice.
4: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but a tech guy and that can good <laughs> if he's not alive, though.
0: <laughs> What, what gets a tech guy
2: right <laughs>
0: true true
3: I'll have a I'll have a new shop helper you have to yeah, you have to help if you want to eat there you go there you
2: go. <laughs> how is the shop coming along or it gets I, the hose again?
1: Steve you uh, had like
2: <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah
3: um Shop's coming along, man. Shop's coming along. I uh, actually because you
1: ordered a a new mill, or you got the mill delivered.
3: Uh, The mill's here. Uh, The power hammer is here. Actually, my power hammer uh, was built by Brad of Broad River. Um, So yeah, we're like we're like Broad River buddies here. Um, uh, So that's there. I believe that was supposed to be delivered to my house. Love it. it. Oh, yeah. oh, isn't that a shame. Oh, I don't think you got room for
0: it in that little shop here is there. Todd, you were showing me is a uh, pretty tight. Well, there's a
4: bigger shop that the power hammer could put in <laughs> lots of space.
3: Oh, there okay. we go. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of planted where it is now. So
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. How, how many um, pounds of a uh, Ram on that guy?
3: Oh he couldn't give me an exact number, but uh it was it was ballparked around the fifty mark. Oh awesome. Yeah. Oh it's she's
0: great. She's That'll nice, make
3: she hits well and it's it's been Is very Is that the one
0: with the Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Leaf spring design, right?
3: Yep, yeah, it has a leaf spring design. And if if I remember correctly, he based it off of a Ferda hammer. But uh, my knowledge of power hammers is pretty limited. I just know I like Heck. them and they smack things. Um, Heck yeah! And oh, and don't put thingies that you want to keep in on the dies. That's uh, that's very important. Um, yep. Body parts. But, yeah, body parts, especially as much as you want to uh, uh, caress it and. And and show it how much you love it. It's very important to keep your things to yourself. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, it's 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 a really nice piece of equipment. Uh, I've been I got it up and running about twice before I went over to Rick's. So now that I'm back, I'm just trying to get game my on. shop all together. Game on! Uh, installing yeah. dust collection system for my uh, for my grinder. So I don't get Mm. shit all over my brand new mill uh, because, you know, I, I hate like, I hate dusting the entire place. It just that my soul dies when I have to do that. Yeah. That's funny. I've got a dust collection uh, system built into mine. um, It's uh, any horizontal
4: surface. I'm sorry. What's, what's that, Todd? I said, I've got a dust collection system built into my shop. It's any horizontal surface. It grabs it all.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Eh? <laughs> it lands there. It collects well, it.
3: It's it's interesting because as I was shopping for dust collection system, uh, I noticed Princess Auto was having a sale. Um their their one horsepower dust collector is seriously marked down.
1: Hmm. Can you use that for like metal dust?
3: Um I use like a uh, one of those like containment chambers in the right. middle. So right. um, I still have the bucket down below to catch all the sparks, but it's uh-huh. all those tiny little fragments that float up in the air. That's the stuff I want to extract.
1: Get rid the of the sparks yeah. can
3: go in the bucket with all the other filth.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, but it's just. Those little particles, that's the shit that, uh, that I want to collect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still use the containment bucket that way. I don't have to deal with the zippers on the, on the, on the bag and all that, all that nasty shit. So.
0: My dust collection, uh, system is like Todd's where it just vents right outside into my neighbor's yard.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. A
0: nice. fan in the window. Yeah. Well, it's a. It's a, uh, not a fan, it's a um, furnace blower. Mm. So a little bit more than just a, like, like, I don't know, you say a fan, you know, what do you picture? Like a little desk fan or something like that, right? Yeah. No, it's a furnace blower. And then I've got a duct off to, yeah, I've got a duct. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a big duct. Well, you can see it behind me probably in the, that's my big ducting that I got. I think, what is that? Mm -hmm. 10 inch, 10 inch ducting, I think hooked up to it. Oh, yeah. And then I can drag that hose around to wherever, drag that hose head around to wherever I'm doing my work and put <laughs> hey. her to work, Hey, eh? Justin, are you frozen, dude? No, or maybe. Am I? No. Uh, yeah, you are. You're just sitting there with a big smile on your face, like perma-smile. I'm like, what's going on? You're like, I see I'm like moving. super happy right now. <laughs> oh, I don't know I see <laughs> you. Oh, he's moving. I don't. Oh, well. All right. That's weird. My connection could be funny because I'm in the shop today versus I usually record in the house. So, I could have mm-hmm. a funny connection today compared to normal. I blame Steve's cat. Seems to be working all right. It's worked for other things no problem, but mm. Very good. That's Very a, good. Yeah. I I blame the cat if I were you too. Is your cat like a dog?
3: It's um well, it's it's one of those um uh, main Coon cats, so it's, like, giant. And it just doesn't give a shit about anything. If it doesn't like something <laughs> that's sitting on a table, it's going off the table, no matter how much it weighs. Because Cat's like, I'm stronger than the average cat. So, bum. <laughs> Little bastard.
0: We used to have a dog that thought he was a cat would climb up onto the back of the couch and shit like crazy. I was a nut dog. Uh, I used to have a sheep yeah, that, was my that wife thought it was a horse. Past- <laughs> I shit you not. Okay, now we're getting weird here.
3: It's it's getting weird. We had okay. a whole bunch of sheep. and We, we took had a hard horses. left somewhere. Except there was this one sheep who always liked to hang out with yeah. the horses. And even its by it was like, ba. Right, it just it just really wanted that identity, and the horses accepted it, until we sheared it. Once it, once we sheared it, the horses wouldn't go near him, and he didn't want to go back to the other sheep. <laughs> so it's just
2: this... <laughs> you you get your identity has
0: been in. revealed. You're
2: no longer one of us.
3: <laughs>
0: Oh,
2: Jesus. They just didn't want to be there. What
0: the fuck? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, boy. Steve. Nice. Nice. Well, boys, I have to get going. I got some business to take care of. There's a beauty chatting with everybody. Todd, thank you so much for sitting down with us. And Steve... Thanks for being a part of this tonight as well. No, yeah, it was, it was Good fun. Day. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. on.
1: <laughs> Todd, it was a pleasure. Well, for sure, Thanks, eh? Thanks yeah, for take, checking take in. Take off, your hosers. <laughs> Steve, see you next week. See you <laughs> next, next take... week.
3: Take care, boys. Ciao
0: for now, eh?